Just guys in a garage. Yeah. Just guys in a garage. Yeah. You know this is going to be the new intro, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Guys in a Garage. Today I'm here with Brady Campbell. Hi, Brady. Guys in a garage. (laughs) Dude, that's totally going to be the new intro. Testing, 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 testing. These sound so much more crisp and clear than these ones. These ones are a little more like uh, deep and monoed or deep and mon- I don't know what you call it. Way better. Oh yeah. Uh, That's how I like it. <laughs> I wish I had that uh, that deep voice. <laughs> you have the best <laughs> podcasting voice there is. What are you talking about? Mm, yeah, baby. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Funk about to lay a track See, right on your face. Yours is way better. <laughs> it's because I'm tired. Because <laughs> you're tired? <laughs> Doing dude stuff. I wish we were in the garage. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to be. No, we were. Um, so the first, very first episode with JJ, that was in the garage. And then the second one with Luke, that was in there. But I had a couple of problems with equipment on that one. And then the third one with Tim was in the garage, but it started getting so cold that the computers just weren't wanting mm-hmm. to work. And they were like, it kept stopping recording and we'd have to restart it and try to remember what we were just talking about. And all you have to do is hang a license plate above the door. It says the garage. Yeah. Right. This room becomes the garage. Yeah, pretty much. Just put, uh, bring in some of my tools and all that. Piss my wife off. <laughs> yeah. I could probably do that. Yeah. You could, your whole studio desk station could just be like a work like a work desk with like a bandsaw on it and stuff. It'd be yeah. Really cool. I'll go spend 15,000 <laughs> on a new snap on toolbox with the nice uh, butcher block top that I can put my computer and stuff. Ooh, on perfect. Top. I love yeah. it. That sounds great. Keep your stuff organized. Just <laughs> keep everything in the drawers nice and put away. I don't know what about that would piss my wife off more 15 grand or a giant toolbox in the office. It depends on if you're living on a prayer and hoping you'll make money or if you are making money. <laughs> Not at the moment. <laughs> Then yeah, probably probably keep to the folders, fold ups. What do you got <laughs> under here? Nothing, not a damn thing. It's a nice setup. Yeah, it works. It does the job. Like I said, I wish it was in the garage, but it's just too cold. Do you not need any sound dampeners? Uh, I mean, it would better. It would be better if I had some, but you know, that's uh, you probably add reverb to it anyway. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, we're not singing. <laughs> Some people put reverb on everything. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, well, well. Yeah, I don't know why. I've I've heard that too. It's like you don't really need it for something like this. It's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> uh so what do you want to know? What do I want to know? Yeah, where do you what, what do you want to figure out in life? Who do you want to save? Everybody. We're solving world problems every time that we podcast. Are we? Yeah, one problem at a time. I mean one <laughs> nugget of a problem at a time. Getting information out, yeah. I guess that uh solves problems. No, actually I just want to know about you. I mean, I already know a ton about you, but I, yeah, my name's Brady. I've been in the photography industry for like 23 years now. Oh, so like literally eons feels like eons. (laughs) I actually (laughs) played basketball the other day with my son and I, I hurt my back (laughs) for real. Yeah. I mean, I say that tongue in cheek now, but I 
now I've reached the age of old, right? I mean, my, yeah. I have a back that's hurt. Walking hurts. Getting out of bed is hard. I want one of those bars that I can pull myself up, you know? You can buy those, you know? Well, I'm going to have to. You, you can call Home Depot and like a couple guys will come install it for you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I, I might just use my sex swing. <laughs> there you go. I'm just going to have too. one. Just put it on a winch so you can lower it when you need to. <laughs> yeah. Multi-purpose, dude. <laughs> I like the idea of that. If you're going to spend the money, I mean, you might as well make it universal. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My pull-up bar is not just a pull-up bar. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like uh, it, it almost seems like the sex industry is the same with the gaming industry. If you were to take this desk and just put it up on Amazon and put the word gaming in front of it, it would cost like $300 more than if you didn't. Or so, photographic posing table. <laughs> it's yeah, the same thing. Right? So so like sex swing, you know, yeah, you're going to pay, you know, top it's just dollar. a hammock. Yeah. It's just a fucking <laughs> hammock. That's made out of some nylon straps. Yeah. You know, you could weave that shit yourself. Some Olympic rings hanging down from <laughs> <on> your ceiling. <laughs> that's, those are for the real mature, you know, athletic types. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get pretty creative with the uh, upper body strength <laughs> to do any good moves on those. I just hang from my feet. Just make sure they're padded rings. What do you think about that whole, uh, I don't know if it's a sport or a workout where they hang from fabrics, twist themselves up and you ever seen, ever seen that? Are you talking about like the Cirque du Soleil stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind they, they have like spaces now that people will go and do workouts. Like they have like 12 of them hung from the ceiling. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen that. I wish I could remember what it's called. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, a bunch of hanging fabric around the room and people work out on them. Well, why not uh, hanging <laughs> fabric workout or workshop? I'm going to think of it right before that comes up. I know, right? Oh, oh, aerial hammock conditioning. Is that it? That is it. Is that what they actually call it? I guess so. They don't say. Some decent tunes. Destination fit. Now, couple this with, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Richard, the workout guy. Richard Simmons? Richard Simmons, yeah. Oh, my God. Fabric, aerial hammock conditioning with Richard Simmons. Well, the instructor we're watching is wearing the crop top like Richard Simmons would, but she's missing the headband and the cool socks. They got the same pants, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> aerial asana yoga. Yeah, you know, there's another there's another thing. It's like kites, or I, I will I'll I'll think of it and get back to you. But it's it's more it's more of a wrap up thing rather than a hang from. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, it is like Cir Cirque du Soleil, I guess. Yeah, but just picture this. But every one of these ladies has a perm, and they're doing this to '80s pop music. I'm just feeling the armpit burn. I mean, these ladies are hanging their entire body weights from their armpits. Here the fabric should be placed right about a third. Yeah, I mean, that's... See, speaking of sex swing, which was invented first? The aerial hammock or the sex swing? Because they are the same thing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm gonna, one is, they're just marketed differently. I'm going to go with sex swing. But which one would cost more depending on what you called it on the shelf? You got to go with the sex swing. It's <laughs> a multi-billion dollar industry. Look at that. Look at that. She's doing crunches. Hanging from her hanging armpits. Hanging from her armpits. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Mm -mm. Wow, more power to them, dude. 
So yeah, being a photographer, I actually sometimes get hired to shoot for these, you know, studios, you know, doing various for like yoga studios, yoga, Pilates. Uh, I have not done whatever this aerial yoga hangster is called, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot for various workout companies and it's pretty fun. Did you, so did you ever go to like college or school or something for photography? I started going to college for, did get my general education out of the way? for like a AA and uh, while I was going, I met a girl and I have always been girl crazy since I was uh, six is when I can really remember starting. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be close to her, be with her all the time. So I kind of stopped going to college mm. and just finding time to spend, uh, spend with her. She managed a retail shop in the mall and I went to visit her one day and there was a guy that I used to go to high school with and he just, came out of the, his little camera shop that he was working at in the mall, which was right across from the retail shop that she uh, worked at. And he just said, Hey man, you know, we caught up for a couple seconds. He said, today's my last day at this camera shop. Do you want my job? You should, <laughs> you should apply for it. And I was like, dang, I got to be closer to my girlfriend, you know, keep an eye on her in case any suspicious activity comes up. And you know, these, uh, more attractive, better looking men are coming into the uh, jewelry shop to buy earrings for whoever. No, <laughs> I was a paranoid little guy. But anyway, so I worked at this camera shop for like a year and printed pictures and sold cameras. And uh, the boss had asked me to take one of the cameras out, one of the new models we had, take it out for a week. And uh, I had like a list of 10 things to photograph to show what it could do so that we could sell it more easily. And I took it out for the week and I, I just photographed my girlfriend like crazy and photographed all these different ideas that the list had. And I never put down a camera again. I was very, very hooked. It was so much fun. I mean, I can remember it was a Canon Rebel G. It was a 35 millimeter piece of plastic. You know, we, I think we sold for $300 back in the day. Uh, so after that year, the same guy, I was still in contact with him, the guy that gave me the job. Yeah. Because he just went on to work for the pro camera shop in town. And so he called me up a year later and said, hey, I'm going to go work for the Coeur d'Alene Press as a photographer for them. Do you want my job? I was like, <laughs> the same I, guy? Yeah, same guy. So <laughs> I was like, I love your job. So I moved to the pro camera shop. And at the pro camera shop, then you were afforded the opportunity to go shoot weddings and senior pictures because people would come in. You'd sell them used gear or, you know, print their pictures for them or whatever. You just got to talking. And they were like, oh, you have a camera? Oh, you shoot? Okay. Would you like to shoot my daughter's wedding or whatever? So I just started doing that on the side and... Maybe, yeah, one year later, uh, a guy that owned a large photography studio in town just offered me a job out of the blue. I used to bring in my photos and uh, show him like what I <laughs> what I had photographed the week before in my spare bedroom studio. People wearing socks. Uh, that's not profound to People you. People wearing socks? Well, they're in my spare bedroom studio with, you know, carpet and... I had Is that all they're wearing? <laughs> just their socks. <laughs> And I had, I had them photographed in aerial hammocks <laughs> doing <laughs> yoga poses. No, I just, I had paper backgrounds hung in a carpeted bedroom. So I just like, I don't know how everybody took off their shoes. I just remember these freaking family photos of people in their socks. And <laughs> it was such a small space. I'm shooting wide angle. I mean, these photos were terrible, you know, absolutely <laughs> horrible. But I showed this guy that owned the photography studio. Every time he would come in, I'd show him a new thing that I'd shot. And, you know, of course, he'd critique them. And I felt like dog crap. But uh, he offered me the job because of my personality. He liked the way I was with people or was with him. And he said, I could teach you the camera. Just come work for me. So that's the best way to learn, though, I think. Oh, but he did not train me. He threw me to the wolves. Oh, yeah. Taught me how to load the camera and then sent me out shooting real clients. 
and he would just tell me what I did wrong after I got done with the shoot. <laughs> so it was a real tough experience because you are the photos were done. It's not like we're redoing them. Yeah. So it's like, ah, oh, you sucked here, you sucked there. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of sucks for the customers, but I would think, but they loved their photos. Yeah. And I think because they had a good experience, they had a good time. Like my personality never changed. I mean, we just we got along. Right. I made them feel comfortable, and um, so whatever the outcome was, I could probably throw up looking at it now. You know, looking back that far, but. No, we had, we had fun and I learned the hard way through trial and error, which is actually the faster way to learn rather than just being trained on what to do. Right. Yeah. Have so you I, always done uh, like portrait stuff or it's always been portrait stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, I tried to shoot abstract, you know, just little, you'd find some cool rusty, you know, bolt on a old wheel or something and shoot it abstract wise macro. And I shot scenic photos and I went out on like lots of nature photo shoots and, Always had to have people. I mean, I just couldn't get away from people. This is like my bread and butter for my soul and what has also paid my bills. But I just love anything that gets me closer connected to people. So that's what the camera was to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that works out, though, because you're a people people. A people people. So, yeah, why not? I went to Yosemite National Park for a week with a, a dude that still blows my mind. But this dude was a heavy into photography also, and he owned his own studio. He invited me to go on this trip and I thought, oh, we're just going to be shooting 24 seven while we're in the, you know, the Valley of Yosemite. And we got there and he slept into like, man, two or 3 PM every day. I don't know. He could have been on some kind of medication or something, <laughs> but I was up by five 30, taking his car, you know, that we drove down there to go out and shoot in the Valley, shoot the mountain peaks and, uh, El Capitan and half dome and, uh, all the nature that was around. And I was shooting all day, every day. And it was so much fun. But I went to shoot the upper falls and I was, you know, when you do like a long shutter and you get the falls looking like, like cotton candy and you know what I'm talking about? When yeah. You have the shutter open so long that the water doesn't, it's not crisp anymore. Right. It's like, so. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like blurred. So I was, I was shooting waterfalls and it was kind of fun, but man, this, this like Asian family got up in front of one of this water of these waterfalls oh, and somebody was taking their photograph, you know, <laughs> but I started shooting them in front of the waterfall, like with. So you're kind taking of, pictures of the Asian family taking being, pictures. Yes, of the I waterfall. know it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but I that's that was the moment in which I realized that I was a portrait photographer. I was not a hmm. landscape photographer. I've always been more into landscapes, probably because I'm not a people people. <laughs> people walk into my shot. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I'm always like, this would be a great scene if I just had a person in it. <laughs> and I'm like. Wow, this waterfall would be so much better with all these fucking people standing around taking pictures. Well, no, I hate, <laughs> I hate going to those landmarks where there's so many people. Have you ever heard of Devil's Bridge in Sedona? I want to say I've heard of it, but I've never been it's to like it. This, I've been to Devil's Tower in Wyoming, but well, probably completely different. I don't know the landscape of Wyoming, but this is like Red Rock. Okay, there's like you know greenery and uh, cactus and Red Rock. Yeah, so. You go, we hiked early in the morning to Devil's Bridge, which is supposed to be this amazing, iconic postcard, you know, spot. And it was so sad because we got up there and literally start walking towards the bridge and people start yelling at us. There's, <laughs> there's like 50 people lined up and they're yelling at us. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were already here. We're waiting here. And we're like, whoa, we're not going onto the bridge right now. We were just going to walk over to this other corner, this other spot or whatever. And we're like, chill out, you know? But the, 
The part that was really hard for me to watch as a photographer was people were taking turns. They were standing in line to go out on the bridge and have their photograph taken, you know, by their friends or family with their iPhones or, or whatever, whether it be, there was no prof professional photographers there, but yeah, they're all like, okay, go out there, hold hands, now kiss, you know, but you look at all these pictures online and you don't see a hundred people standing behind, you know, this line waiting to go onto the bridge. You only see the two people or the one person on the bridge. Hmm. And so it's like, I... I just still cringe when I think about the things like this that are so heavily trafficked that, you know, we have to wait in line for an hour to portray this, you know, spot like we were out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it's like, I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, there's, it was there's people everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. like me as a portrait photographer, I wanted to photograph the entire thing with the line of a hundred people and the two people out there on the bridge. But <laughs> I, I still cringe every time I see anybody's photo out there because I know they weren't alone. It's yeah. not like some romantic spot. Yeah. I was just reading, um, I want to say it was yesterday and it, it was something to my usual, uh, taking a dump, looking through my newsfeed thing. And it was, uh, some guy who started a Reddit thread about, bombing um influencers because he's just so sick and tired of every place he goes to just you know, like on vacation to just go see something you've got influencers that like try to take over a spot you know like um you know the fountain in uh, uh england or something and and they try to just push everybody out of the way and tell people like oh stay out of my shot and they you know and it's not just like they stand there for five minutes you know and take a, a photo and then they're done they hog it for like a half an hour an hour while they do all of these fucking poses to get that one right shot for their instagram or whatever the hell it is and, and so this guy will literally he, he gives them like five minutes and then that's it and then he will stand in front of their camera and just take pictures and piss them off <laughs> that's perfect yeah I, uh, I've watched reels uh, over and over about influencers saying like, I'll do whatever it takes to get the shot. Yeah. And then it shows like the surrounding area where there's people everywhere, but in their shot, it's just, them. it's just them. Yeah. And they make yeah. it look like they're the only one there and it's oh, so peaceful. I can't even, I can't yeah. even. And meanwhile, everybody else and their families that have been waiting all day to get a nice photo that they could do in two minutes in front of this fountain. I've been let's waiting say, all let's day. Say even screw the photo just to go and experience it. Yeah. Just to just stand there and, there and be like, wow, <laughs> yeah. look at this. this is so beautiful. No, I, I, I have grown so uh, adverse to anything that has like uh, kind of a false pretense in front yeah. of even the, even the uh, Eiffel tower. Oh um, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a big one too. I actually, I went to Paris in 2018 and I'm, I was at the uh, barbershop and it was the 75 euros for a beard trim which was, I thought, pretty crazy. But you walk in, they're all suited up, they give you espresso, they plug in your phone, they take care of you. They, so it's a, yeah, they it's treat a legit you like experience, you yeah. Straight razor, ice balls. Like How much the, is 75 euros, though? It's close to 100 bucks, I think. Really? Yeah. Damn. For a 100 beard bucks shave. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had no hair on my head. You know, so <laughs> I actually took a funny photo with the, uh, with the hairstylist, you know, pretending to cut my hair. And anyway, I did it just for the influencer crowd, you know. <laughs> like they screwed up. <laughs> but anyway this guy comes in with his little tiny french dog and his the collar on this dog and his uh sweatpants and his retro nike shoes i mean this all looked really cool together and i was like hey sir can i take a moment and photograph your feet and your dog <laughs> he's, like, uh, he's like yeah sure uh, my wife loves photography so. that sounds creepy uh yeah, i know right but i was shooting everything i could I went, I went to dogs only fans <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a crowd for everything there's a yeah there's a fan for that 
So anyway, he said, of course, my wife loves photography, you know, absolutely take the photo you want. So I take the photo of his dog sitting next to his, you know, Nike shoes. And, and I had tethered the phone or the camera to my phone. So I was able to like email it to him directly right then. Nice. He chose not to wait the 45 minutes that he'd have to wait for his shave. So he ended up walking out and that was the last I saw of him until I got done with my 45 minute experience, walked down the road where everybody has espresso every five minutes there. And I was ready for like a gin, you know, not like a, an espresso, but I walked down the road and I run into this guy again with his dog and he's sitting there having espresso and, um, all of the espresso joints all have their seating facing outwards towards the street, which is kind of cool. It's like, nobody, you're, not, you're cool. not walking, seeing anybody's backs. So everybody's facing out. Yeah. So yeah, I run into this guy and he's like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Why don't you sit down and have a drink with us? And I'm like, all right, I'll have my 15th espresso. Cause everywhere you go, it's espresso. <laughs> And so I sat down with him and he had his 12 year old boy there now too with his dog. And it turns out his 12 year old boy creates websites. And so he critiqued my website while we were there and he really liked it. And the dad that said his wife loved photography, he's like, hey, my wife loved that picture. She thought it was amazing. Uh, how would you like to photograph her for her new business, which is this Pilates business, which I was just telling you about. I do, yeah. I do some workout photos. So only the photography buffs will really understand this, but I had challenged myself and taken only uh, my SLR and a 35 millimeter 1.4 lens. That's it. So there's no zoom. It's wide angle, no telephoto. It's just bare bones. Hmm. And I did take my on my flash that you can hook onto my camera. I did take that. I don't think I took a tripod. So I just had this camera and my flash. Anyway, the guy asked me if I want to shoot his wife. Photograph his wife. Sorry, I gotta use my words wisely. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, it wasn't I, in the states. You're fine. I, I pretended that I was really, you know, busy. Like, oh, when? You know, I gotta check my schedule. Even though I was, I've just got a backpack and will, I've got no nowhere to be. Did you stay at a hotel? Or was it like a backpacking trip? I stayed at hostels. No, oh, okay. Yeah, no backpacking trip. That would have been cool, but no, hostels. not that Didn't hardcore. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I don't want to now. No, <laughs> no, but I heard about it, <laughs> and I'm funny. not gonna watch it. So anyway, my whole point was that I went, I photographed his uh, wife with my little limited gear and I photographed his daughter who is an actress and I photographed his son and the dog. And anyway, oddly enough, I didn't photograph him, but he was there to translate, uh, you know, all because his wife and kids didn't speak English. Okay. So he was translating. So they were, I was directing them and they were from France. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah. he spoke English. He did. Yeah. Cause he works uh, there and in Seattle a lot. He flies oh, okay. back and forth. Um, but shoot, I was trying to think of the, where we were before. Oh, back to the Eiffel tower. So I, I photographed his wife. Um, the pictures turned out actually quite great. They had, they took me to their flat to photograph them and their flat is like a mansion. So it's just ironic that they call it a flat, Yeah, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. I was in like this huge, you know, you go through this massive doorway, walk down this corridor past all these other millionaires, you know, and then you find this house in a corridor. It's not like out on the street, you know, the entrance isn't. So it was yeah, very, it's like back out of the way. Very interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I was talking to him and having espresso, believe it or not, after the shoot and talking to his wife as well as I could. And I was like, I was like, what should I do while I'm here? You know, all I've done is, I know this is a side note too, but I love people. So <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so far as I'd been in Paris for two days now, I had gone to see all the guitar shops. Nice. All the, they had these like antique, um, consignment guitar shops and these are like you know oh, 10,000 plus guitars and they're just they've been played by this famous person that famous person so it was pretty cool 
but I ran out of things to do, you know, cause I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't like a touristy type. I wanted to photograph people while I was there. Yeah. So I started following this guy, just this random dude in his suit. And I was like, I wonder where he'll take me. I don't know. You know, so I just follow him <laughs> and he leads me down to this like canal. And this canal is probably iconic too. And probably in a ton of postcards where, where I was, but I went down there and there was this band like practicing down by the canal and, there was like somebody playing the clarinet and somebody playing the, what do you call the box drum? Oh, fuck. I can't remember. The cajon. Yeah. They were playing the cajon. <laughs> and then there was a trombone player. <laughs> and there was like a, oh gosh, I can't remember. Following strange dudes down into a canal in Paris. That's either how you find a really good time or you don't come back. Well, sure. I found a really good time. <laughs> so anyway, I, I had bought a, a bottle of whiskey. So if I couldn't make friends, I could at least, you know, you buy yeah. them. Yeah. So when I went down there to the band, I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I share some of my whiskey with you and you guys will let me beat on those guitars for a little bit. And so mm -hmm. I jammed with this band for like, they were from the UK and I jammed with them for like four hours into the sunset. It was incredible. Incredible. Yeah, so that sounds awesome. Yeah. It was super fun. Back to the flat. <laughs> I was talking to the guy that I just photographed his wife and I was telling him, what should I do in Paris, you know, for fun. And, and I was like, I haven't seen the Eiffel tower yet. And he immediately just says, fuck the Eiffel tower. That's for the Asians. <laughs> and he's from there. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to the Eiffel tower. I guess, I guess that it's not that big racist. of a deal. I know. Well, I didn't say it, you know, and I just quoted him and we don't have any names listed. You know, so all is fair in love and podcasts. <laughs> So, I've, I've, it's not actually the first time that I've heard that I've, I've heard people say like, yeah, the Eiffel tower. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Fuck that. That's not that fun. It's a big giant steel tower in the middle of the town. Ooh, it's tall. Who cares? Which if you got to see it and experience it in all of its glory without all of the influencers around. Yeah. then I suppose it might be kind of cool, but you know, there's going to be people trying to get that shot. Yeah. Just all over the place, standing there telling people to get out of the way of their shot. Which how good is an experience like that when you are so yeah. worried about the future post that you can't even live in the moment there? Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of what like my wife will get. I mean, she doesn't get mad at me, but just the fact that we don't have too many photos like there was a time where and I probably should do it more often, you know, just kind of selfies and stuff all the time. But that was back when we were both far more into like Facebook and stuff like that. And so we find nowadays that when we do go do fun stuff, like we don't take a whole lot of pictures. And so we, we both, you know, me too, kind of towards the end of the day or, you know, after that experience, you're like, Oh man, I kind of wish I would have got a picture of that, but I find I enjoy it more instead of having to worry about getting out my phone or my camera or whatever. And like, try to, you know, take a picture of all this stuff. You know, I'm just there. I'm just, we're in the moment enjoying, you know, this waterfall or whatever it is. You know, and not worrying about like, oh, where's this device so I can capture this forever? Which leads me to another pointless point. What's that? Is that <laughs> I think there is a market to for a, to hire a photographer on vacation mm. to come around at certain points and just you know I was I want to get into photographing people when they're backpacking. So just you, like a like a hired like a hired gun. Yeah, just goes with and you I come take out all there. The I shoot them at the campfire, building the fire. I shoot them swimming at the mount, mountain lake. Uh, I shoot them just shoot them maybe three hours, maybe two out of the whole trip, the entire trip. But I could still get a good 50, 60 images. Yeah. To, you know, commemorate, commemorate. Can I say that? Commemorate? Yeah, I think that works. 
to remember. Yeah, to, yeah commemorate <laughs> the experience. Yeah, I just, I think that would be really, really cool because I absolutely hate getting taken out of my moments to take a photo. Yeah. Unless, which I've, I've decided that if I'm trying to create a photo just to create a photo because it's fun, I allow myself to do that. I don't care what, what the moment is because that is part of my passion. I like right. to create something. Right. So I made my, the last backpacking trip that I went on with my sons, I made my kid get up at the butt crack of dawn. I was like, I need this photo on this rock at sunrise. You know, I got you, I need you standing here like this. And then I let him go back to bed right after. Hmm. So was that a moment where I woke up and I was having my coffee and my son woke up and he went and stood on this rock and I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. And then I shot it. No, no, I made the image. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. So I have it. I shot my kid the night before on that same rock with a headlamp on. Uh, in the, yeah, I saw that one. yeah I, I love those photos but to sh for the other side of the coin i just went on vacation for a week with the kids and i didn't i photographed hardly any photos i maybe took you know 20 photos maybe if that but i i set aside times to go and create and to take pictures to remember the trip you know to remember this is where we stayed this is what it looked like at night this is what it felt like you know and so i did that for myself not for a future post, not for social media. I didn't, you know, my girlfriend was upset. She's like, we didn't take any photos the whole time we were here of us. I was like, yeah, because we were, we were living. We were having a good time together. Right. You know, we didn't think to stop. And I mean, I really like taking my mom on trips because she will take photos of everything and everyone the entire <laughs> time. <clears throat> so I like, I like having it later. I do. I wish I had more photos, but I'm not going to stop myself, you know, right in the middle of my cribbage game to take a photo <laughs> yeah yeah and that's all i'm saying is i i don't know i just hate that feeling of having to stop in the middle of seeing some awesome sunset or you know seeing some uh falcon or bird that you never see flying by it's like oh that's so pretty you know and then have to be like oh wait where's my thing blah 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 it just i don't know it's annoying to me so yeah that would be awesome actually if you're going on a sweet trip just to have somebody like brady to come along and just shoot all the pictures for you yeah, and that was not a plug. I'm literally saying I would like to hire somebody to do that for me as well. Yeah. yeah uh, that's an awesome idea. I like that. So now we're hearing about the the clean parts and the, you know, family-oriented parts of what photography is. But what about the other fun parts? Yeah, what are the other fun parts? What about parts? the other fun parts? What about when you meet a beautiful woman and you are single and you have a camera? I mean, what does that camera afford you? Probably a lot. No, that's that's too much, Dave. That's too much. Not a lot. It affords you uh, a foot in the maybe a toe in the door. Oh, to be able to open up and have conversation with somebody. When you have the camera in your hand, it's almost like you are not only to yourself considered the director, but to them they see you and they're like, "He's the director. He will direct me." Hmm. You know? This is a psychological blah blah that I'm throwing at you right now. Well, I was just thinking more of, uh, you know, like attention whores with daddy issues that see, you know, a good looking guy with a camera and they're like, hmm, yes. <laughs> okay. You're taking me down the rabbit trail of the, of the woman I don't like. <laughs> I have, yeah, there are the women that are like, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. You know, you're going to build my portfolio and then I'm going to leave you. All I need is some headshots. Oh wait, all I need is you to build my entire yeah. portfolio and put me on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if I spun around just like this? It's like <laughs> literally feeling like I'm on the job now. No, I no. I direct you. I get my shot for me, you know. Uh, so I've I've run into that situation more more times than I can count. So 
thank you for bringing me there. But I was thinking <laughs> on the positive side, oh, a lot oh, of okay. times you see something, someone beautiful and they're shy and they don't like to get photographed. And yeah. you're like, hey, I'd really like to make this picture. Like, And it at least opens a conversation. I have met so many people by having that camera. So it's been phenomenal. All walks of life, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I was like, all ages. That sounds weird too. <laughs> Good God. But no, I mean, I've been getting an oil change before and said, you have a really cute kid. You know, here's my business card. If you want to get some photographs later or whatever. So I've, I have, I've had an all access, not all access pass, but I've had a great access pass to people since yeah. I started. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. I imagine it's a great way to meet people, especially if you're a people, people. But you're not a people people. I'm not a people people. I'm trying to so be, how do to work you, on that. How do you feel when I bring up something like meeting a random stranger and saying, can I photograph you? How do I feel? Yeah. Does it give you a, does it make you feel a little anxious inside or is that like, oh yeah, that would be cool. No, not really. It's not really like that. It's more of a, it's hard to explain. It's more of just like a, if I went weeks without talking to anybody, that wouldn't bother me, if that makes sense. Which I know sounds really stupid, considering what we're doing right now in this moment. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, I, people aren't, and I can sometimes at parties, you know, and stuff like that, if there's, I mean, a ton of people, especially people I don't know. And it used to be way worse when I was younger. When I was younger, man, oh God, you take me to Silverwood or anywhere and I would just, I mean, I could stand a couple hours of it and then I'm just freaking the hell out. I just want to get out of there. You know, and my brother, he was always really good just about like, I don't know if he did it on purpose or, you know, if he was just that way, but just coming up with stuff to talk about or say that would just take my mind kind of off of it. Like we were at, we were at Silverwood one time and uh, I can't remember what line we were waiting in. It was one of the roller coasters and he's giggling and laughing. And I'm like, like, dude, what are you laughing about? And so we look over and there's this group of girls and actually there were several groups of girls and it, it, there was always like three or four of them. And he was explaining to me how every group of three or more, you know, young, cute girls has the one, you know, chunky girl with them that they bring along to make themselves look better. And I was like, for real, which I know sounds really mean, but I mean, we were I know standing I'm feeling better about my Asian comment, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're standing there watching this line uh, of people moving and sure as shit every group of like three, four or more girls that came up, it was always like a few like really cute ones. And then one like chunky girl. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> so then is it true that if you wanted access to the one, whatever girl you were into that you go to the friend that, you know, you have to become friends with first. Yeah, of course that is true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, that's not the way Ryan Gosling would do it. <laughs> well, Ryan Gosling he would go he right up to the wants. girl he wanted and say, I want you. <laughs> but Ryan Gosling doesn't have to go up to the girl. He could just be standing there putting gas in his car and she'll go up to him. Is that how you really feel about him? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they flocked to Ryan Gosling. I'd pump his gas for him. <laughs> <laughs> it pumps something. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just, I don't know. I'm working on it more and more, you know, cause I, and that's the weird thing is I have no problem when I want to with going to a bar or, you know, going to some place where there's tons of people and just like turning that switch on and having a good time and getting to know people and, and meeting people and getting into conversations and stuff. I can do it. I don't have a problem with it. It's just, I'm not the person where that's 
what I'm all about. It's not what I want to do all the time. And it's, it's exhausting. It's taxing. So I can handle that for like a day, maybe two. And then afterwards I need a few days of just hanging out, doing my own thing or just hanging out with my family and, you know, just being me and a couple of people. Well, I was telling you about my highlights. You keep saying I'm a people people, but I you also are, like yeah. to hide away for days. <laughs> I hide away and look at people's social media and think, no, no, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> the lighting's all wrong, you moron. Live in the moment. <laughs> no, I do. I, I I would like to do reels and tic-tac. Tic-tacs? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really hip. You know what they get old. <laughs> so when I did my last tic-tac. They're sorry. trying to ban TikTok in the States, though. Because uh, it's owned by China. Yeah, because it's owned by well, China, along mm-hmm. with everything else. Well, I was saying that I would like to use them as a platform, you know, because yeah. you, I, I do feel like if you're going through this life and you become old and you hurt your back and you need a, a lift to get out of bed and such, and you've, you've got a lot of wisdom along the way with that, it'd be nice mm-hmm. to share that, you know? And yeah, of course. These platforms are amazing to share, not only information, but just perspectives, you know? Yeah. I, I love to gather perspectives from all different sides of the opinions you know I, I gather them all and i always land in the middle maybe not always but i land in the middle for the most part with a lot of misinformation or call it or information or you know i just come right in the, both sides of them one goes in one ear one goes in the other and but anyway to uh go back to the people people part of it i do have to hide away i have to hide away and you know tick text is as close as i'll get to them i think everybody does at some point I, what, I, I, to I recharge? Think, yeah, I think I think even people, people at some point, they need to just kind of take a break. Also, have you tried being a people, people without booze? Yeah, actually. Going more, to a more random so, place with a group of people and interact? More so recently, yeah. How is it? Yeah, uh, this last year, I mean, you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, I, I all but quit drinking. So I haven't really been drinking nearly as much as I used to, you know, just a beer here and there. But yeah, um, it's totally a different experience going to a place with people and peopling and being totally sober. It's, it's a lot harder, but learning how to do it is definitely a challenge and it's a good thing to do. So consider that booze taught you that everybody was your friend Mm, and then, and being sober, you go into that same group of people and only two of them are people you'd actually like to interact with and have a a deep, meaningful conversation with, or even just like an extended conversation. So I've just grown to really enjoy those two people, you know, and not go into a crowd of people thinking that I have to be everybody's friend in there. Right. Or that I even want to be. Right. Because I don't. There's a lot of people in there I probably don't like, and they probably don't like me either. Yeah. Who's just told us, yeah, we like each other for the night, you know? Yeah, we're all friends. Like, let's get coffee tomorrow. You get coffee, and you're like, I don't like (laughs) you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's interesting how many people that you meet when you're boozing that the next day you're like scrolling to their Facebook or something. And you're like, I would not hang out with this person what? if my fucking life depended on it. What was I thinking about? <laughs> you weren't thinking that was the cool part. <laughs> Booze turned off my thinker. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. So any existential crises you've been thinking about lately? God, not really. No. Like, what do you mean existential crisis? <laughs> I don't know. A psychological, uh, you know, mystery with re- in regards to relationships and leadership in our world or down to personal relationships. I mean, I think about this stuff all the time. No, just, uh, just trying to figure out how to contain myself better 
in terms Contain. of uh, yeah i mean i tend to i tend to get into things so i'm i'm very much super like uber focused on things so anything that i start it's very hard for me to put down or or quit so like especially when it comes to this podcast stuff i tend to get on it and i focus on it and i focus on it and i focus on it and and that takes my attention away a lot from other things things that are very much so important so like my family you know a lot of i i spend a lot of time doing this when i'm not at work and i kind of just forget to remember the stuff that actually matters so, so what does this give you that the outside world outside of these headphones gives you like what when you dive into this what are you what are you getting from it versus that what i get from this is talking to people so the the people people that i do need to have i get that from talking to people such as you like my friends learning more about my friends and indulging in this uh this uh um interest that i have in what people do and why they do it so you know why you became a photographer you know the story that you just told um you know uh, i have another guy uh coming on probably next week he um he works for a company that does environmental stuff which is just interesting to me so things like that you know that's that's kind of what drives me to do this and also I'm a total nerd. So I get to play with my toys and my computers and stuff all the time. <laughs> and I get to learn about audio production and things like this, which I mean, at some point in time could maybe lead into a different career path. Maybe who knows, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole giant, you know, uh, I don't know what you call it, a, a, just a whole giant, many facets that go into this, but so well, like you I just decided to educate yourself on this, immerse yourself in it in hopes that who knows what, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> That's yeah. hard to sell to the wife. It is. It's very hard to sell. But I mean, you know, eventually someday this could, you know, build into something. I mean, if I could earn a living doing this, and I mean, I'm not talking about getting rich or, you know, being famous or something, but if this could pay my portion of the bills in the household, cool. If, if I, all I had to do was this and talk to people that I'm interested in talking to and record it and put it on the internet, and it'll pay my bills. I'm cool with that. So sure, why not? So I am trying to build something. And that's the thing is, you know, generally my wife doesn't really care what I do as long as it's somewhat productive. If I sit around all day playing video games, it, she'll pull her hair out. It drives her nuts, you know, and, and understandably so, because I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything of substance. I'm not reading a book to <clears> learn how to do something or, you know, anything that that is good for me. So in my point of view, this is something that's good. This is working towards something that I do really want to do and that I'm interested in. Like I said, my only problem is when I get into something, I get super focused on it and it becomes the only thing that I'm looking at all the time. So you said, I, so you basically just gave a speech to my 21 year old son. And I, I, always, <laughs> I think about how do you get somebody motivated to do something that's not idle or is not a replacement for a numbing agent of any kind, right? Whether it be booze, uh, video games right. or, um, <clears throat> drugs, you know, anything that basically takes your mind off of what's really going on and you can just zone out and time just passes without you really there. Right. You might be engaged in that video game, but there's nothing real about it. Nothing real. Once you turn it off, 
There's not no benefit to yourself or anybody around you. Right. So it's just idle time. Yeah. Well, they like to say shit like video games, uh, you know, it, it builds, uh, you know, muscle memory and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's good for you and it's good for your brain. And it's like, well, it builds muscle memory to move sticks around and press buttons for those games. And it also builds, you know, uh, you know, memory retention and stuff for certain things that have to do with those games. And maybe some of it comes outside to the real world, but not much. Wasn't it also overstimulating your prefrontal cortex? And <laughs> yeah, it is. That's all it is. It's just dopamine, constant yeah. dopamine. So it's, it's kind of horseshit. So when I think about that, when I think about somebody starting up a podcast and they put their headphones on and they get into the research and like you're diving into this all the way, you know, how much of it do you, I mean, how do you keep a balance to where you're not using this as you're like, exactly. That's numbing a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. And it's a, it is a difficult balance. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is, you know, I, I've taken on a challenge now of trying to figure out how to balance that. So how to figure out, okay, how much time do I spend here? And, you know, I, I had to learn to start planning this. I mean, just like I do with anything else, you know, that, that's what I do for a living is I'm a planner. So I spend all day at work planning production schedules and, you know, uh, people's, you know, working days and all this other stuff, um, uh, logistics for truck deliveries and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I plan all of it. So when I come home, I don't want to plan anything. I fucking hate planning outside of work. It drives me nuts, but it also drives my wife nuts because she's a planner. She needs to have a plan. So I'm the guy who tries to live by the seat of my pants outside of work and you know, Oh, Hey, in an hour, let's just go to dinner. Oh, let's go to this movie. And then she hates that, you know, but interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very, very odd. Um, so when it comes to this kind of stuff and with pretty much everything else, I've had to start trying to learn how to actually, how to plan all of this too, because you've got to figure out how to put the blocks together and how to fit everything into the time that you have. Because I only have so much time every day after work and I only have so much time on the weekends. So I have to figure out when am I going to edit? When am I going to upload everything? When am I going to write, um, you know, the, the, the blurb about every episode. When am I going to, uh, when am I going to render, you know, blurbs for Facebook and stuff like that? When am I going to schedule everything in, you know, made a suite so that it'll automatically go out. You know, I, I pretty much have to spend almost an entire day doing one episode from morning till night just to get all of that stuff out there. Wow. And then, you know, so if I don't do it all in one day, then I have to split it up. Well, how do I do that? So that's, that's what it is now. It's, it's a challenge trying to figure out how to make all that work. Well, people have always, always told me, Hey, you're pretty good at this or pretty good at that. You should try this, try that. And you can always do photography on the side. Yeah. But I have always been one that has to be hundred percent into something right. to really excel at it. And so I always think like what you're doing is let's say I take two hours every day out to learn music. I mean, I guess I actually, actually would help me, but <laughs> But if I took that chunk of time, you know, out every day, I, w I wouldn't think I would excel at it the way that I did with photography, where I could actually make an income and it would be, you know, beneficial to my family. Uh, I also love change and I love learning new things. So I, it's not that I want to give up photography, but I would love to do something else in the people arena. You know, I would even, uh, I'm trying to think of like something else that would be maybe on a, a larger scale. Maybe I, I get to move to. 
Hollywood and, you know, photograph movie sets or something. And I get to meet a whole different genre of people. And, you know, I would love to take that kind of fake risk, people, but though. fake people. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I did this one project called Dear World. And that was when hmm. uh, Katrina hit New Orleans. Afterwards, they let people or they had people write uh, messages on their body with like Sharpie. Hmm. And then a photographer would come in and shoot all of them with their messages that they'd send out to the world or, or that the world was sending to New Orleans. Maybe that's what it was. Hmm. Anyway, it kind of it went off for a little while. And then they they brought a chapter to Dear Spokane. And so I ended up being asked to photograph all of those. And they had people come in for two hours and whoever wanted to send out a message, they could. And it was amazing. Got yeah, to that would be cool. And then I got to shoot people that could never afford me. And that was awesome. I got to shoot diversity and, you know, different ethnicities and different religions and different income brackets. And it was incredible. Like, I loved it so much, but I don't know how to monetize that so that I can survive. But I would love <laughs> to dive more into that. Right. And yeah. And then you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of doing charities for money. Or, or finding a way to make it profitable so that you right. can do more of them. So you could, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really, really difficult balance. I think I have found the perfect career for me that allows me to spend time with people I love on a real level and spend time with people I love uh, on a real level in my job too. So, I mean, if you're going to spend 85% of your time doing something for money, I think I've landed right. in a pretty good spot. Yeah, philanthropy is a tricky thing. Like you have to be the kind of person that already has like a shit ton of money in the mm -hmm. bank or some kind of passive income that just rolls in and you don't have to do anything with it to really have the time to go and do other things or the extra money to throw it. I've this charity, trust and that charity. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. That's that's my biggest thing right now is just trying to figure out how to manage everything, how to plan, how to put this all together in in a way that <clears throat> excuse me i can get it done but i can spend the time with my family that i need to spend now imagine this and that imagine, i want to spend it's not it's not that i don't want to but i i do now but imagine I, you're dave which is hard to imagine right but but you're single hmm. you're single and you don't want to be single because we all desire some sort of like deep connection with somebody we all desire some some level of partnership or connection so now you have these hobbies, you have your job, you're trying to further your career, but also now you got to mix in dating or at least find some, some way or some amount of time each week that you can invest into finding somebody. So you, no, <laughs> I don't think that would work. Why not? Because the dating scene is so ridiculous. Well, how did you get married? You had to have dated. <clears throat> well, that's actually a funny story. So <laughs> you're like, no, I didn't have to date. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. You know, I bought her from Russia. We, we, we dated, but, uh, so the guy, this, a guy that I grew up with, he was my best friend since like fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Um, he met her and then he brought her over to my place at one point and we were all just hanging out. And that's, so that's where I met my wife is through him. And then, you know, over time, long story short, uh, you know, he, we grew up and, he kind of didn't and he got into a bunch of trouble, you know, and, uh, ended up going back to jail and somehow me and her just kind of started hanging out and you know, the rest is history. So I've, I've known my wife for, since we were probably like 16, 17. Okay. Yeah. So almost, I don't know, damn near 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. So I was married for almost 16 years and we had the same kind of hooked up by a friend 
you know, uh, met watching a movie and then we were married three months later. We were married almost 16 years. Hmm. So I never had to enter into the dating world. That's really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't Although not the shortest I've ever heard of. No, my parents, uh, my, we went on vacation to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for maybe four days, maybe five. I don't know how long we went, but my mom would take us on her $500 bonus. So I imagine it wasn't that long. Hmm. Uh, we met a guy at uh, the roller rink and, and he asked my mom out and I was out skating with my soon to be sisters, had no idea. Anyway, so he took us. Oh, so they were his kids? Yeah. Yeah. So he took us to the movies, miniature golf, out to dinner, you know, just wine to dine us for a couple of days. And then on the third day, we were about to take off from our campsite. He came to our campsite and proposed to my mom. <laughs> Damn. I don't know who this guy is at all. I just know that he, he likes miniature golf. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> he wasn't wasting no time. And they've been married 31 years. That's not 32, a bad run. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. But uh, anyway, back to the dating scene, I was just thinking all these hobbies that I see people jumping into on the side of what they do for their family or, you know, to provide. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me that they have so much time. When I look back into the eight years I've spent dating, I feel like that was a full time job just trying yeah. to. And granted, it sounds a little desperate that I was spending so much time dating and trying to find somebody, but I truly have always wanted to have somebody, you know, I've wanted to have somebody in my corner, uh, like a best friend partner that I'm intimate with and vulnerable with and right. just a deep, deeper connection than the average Joe that I run into. So anyway, I have had a lot of experience in that field and I just, I admire when I see people have all these passions, I'm like, wow, that's really cool that you had time to do this, <laughs> that you learned how to mountaineer or that you learned how to play the guitar, that you learned how to podcast. That's so cool. I was dating. <laughs> I, I dated for eight years. I mean, I have just, just now landed into a somewhat of a long-term relationship, but holy smokes, I've got some stories and you know, it just, it kind of ties into I've heard some of them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more than some, but, uh, it's, it's kind of, I, I, I wish we could talk about this more as if you would even have anything to kick off of it, but you haven't dated since 1912 <laughs> and you didn't really even date then. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I had a few gals before my wife. It's not the, I haven't I've been here and there, oh. not in the adult world though. So, so you've never tindered bumbled hinged well no actually matched. i have tindered plenty to fish oh you have okay yeah yeah there was there was a uh, almost a year there where uh me and my wife were separated um and i was living in an apartment while we were kind of working some stuff out and well i want to spin off of this this whole dating thing and my photography i want to photograph people for these professional for these uh, dating websites mm. you know unfiltered but still with a nice, you know, yeah. flattering angle or a flattering lens. But good God, yeah, there's some horror stories out there. That'd be a nice refresher from all the kitty cat eared, sparkly faced uh, photos that you see on, you know, Tinder and Plenty of Fish and all that. I bypassed all of them. Plenty of Fish, by the way, it seems like it's more for uh, all the damaged people. I'm not going to say there women because there's men that are pretty damaged too. I, I could speak to a lot of this and I would say <laughs> I found the same women or men. I didn't find men, but I, I found the same women on every site. Mm. So if they were on one, they were on all. Yeah. People rarely, I mean, people that were serious about dating, they did not just go onto one platform. Oh yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, so you'd they're see them over here, there. over there. And you're like, well, they didn't accept me on this platform. Let's try it here. Seems like it almost be like a, uh, like AA jumpers, you know, people that go to meetings everywhere. Just, yeah. 
like they use it to meet people. And so like yesterday you were at the one over on, you know, E street. And then today you're on 57th Avenue. And it's like, Oh, Hey Larry, how's it going boy? <laughs> I know there were people that I would hit up and be like, Oh, glad to see you here. And that was it. That was the extent of it. We did not date. It's like, Oh, just good to see you. Yeah. There's some places that just don't seem like it'd be a good idea to pick up people. As far as, Oh, I mean like AA meetings for one. Yeah. I wouldn't. Oh, I don't know. Ooh, but you know, I, this is, this is a good question though, because when I was heavy into my religious background, you know, I would think I only wanted to meet a partner at the church. Yeah. That's problematic too, because people grow and evolve and change. And mm, yes. so you, your values and principles may line up today. They might right. line but up today. But that doesn't mean they're going to tomorrow then, exactly. or a year from now or five years from I now. I do not choose a partner based on that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think it's stupid for people to get married so young. And, and, and it's, I don't know, it, it's kind of a, kind of a double-edged sword. Like when you look at statistics for, I mean, you know, we'll say back in the day, like 1920s, 30s, I mean, way back, you know people stayed together longer. And, and I think personally, I think the reason for that was a lot of it had to do with uh, religious beliefs, you know, because it, it was uh, shunned on to get divorced and stuff like that. If you were with somebody, you were, you were supposed to stay together, whether you liked it or not. I mean, that's just how it was. You said your vows, you said, okay, I'm with you, you know, till death do us part. And so I think that's what drove a lot of marriages to stay together back then. Does that mean they were good marriages? Absolutely not. I think there was a lot of people that suffered sticking with somebody who they hated because of what the Bible said, which to me is probably, I mean, that that's damaging in and of itself to have to live every day with somebody you don't want to be with. There's probably a good reason why people used to sleep in separate beds back then, not only for the fact that you could actually get some sleep and not be kicked or, you know, listen to some, some snoring, but because you just didn't want to sleep with them. But I, th I think in today's modern age, People, you know, trying to figure out how to say this. Um, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to, to see what a person's like to, to be with somebody for a while before you actually get married and intertwine your lives, you know, and, and put in that commitment. Like me and my wife, I, I proposed to her, I don't want to say early, but we were, you know, we were fooling around for a while, you know, because we, we'd, we'd been friends, we'd known each other forever. Um, and then we decided to make it official, you know, and that we were dating probably like a month or something after that, maybe even three months, I don't know, somewhere in there, I, I proposed to her and she was like freaking out. She was like, oh my God, when the hell do you want to do this? And I'm like, slow your roll, calm down. Well, I want to live with you for like a couple of years at least so I can see all the crazy shit you do and like you know, leaving cabinets open and, you know, a knife sticking in the peanut butter jar. I know these are very specific, but <laughs> these are things she did, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, that's what I wanted to see was, okay, can I handle you? But also like, can you handle me? Cause I'm no fucking picnic. I'm not an easy person to live with. So, and I know that. So I was like, okay, let's, let's give this a couple of years and then We'll go through with it if that's what we want. And originally, the funny thing is we were we were going to get married just on the books for like, you know, tax purposes. Like we had joked about it several times. It was it was a joke that we were actually going to get married just for the heck of it for, you know, so we could claim our taxes and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really know why now, but 
But when you talk about this vetting process and you're like, we're going to go through this two year gauntlet. And if you get through the gauntlet, then yeah, we'll get married. Yeah. But, but I, I in, think the, in the dating pool, they're more like, um, I'm not here to waste my time is their opening line. Well, yeah. It's like, well, what do you consider wasting your time? How about two years to get to, you know, right. Like nobody. If, right. But, but here's the thing is I, th- I think what I was getting at was I, I think in today's modern age, people, we're all so hell bent on instant gratification that it goes into everything now. Right. So people, I mean, it's a good thing to have boundaries and it's a good thing to know what you want and to, you know, to be active about going to get that. But you look at some of these people's profiles nowadays and like, you know, I mean, there's, there's women and men that do it too, that in their profile, it's like, you know, a guy might have, oh, has to be, you know, at least five foot nine and has to be exactly these measurements, you know, 36, 24, 34. Only if she's five, three. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's so strict about this is what I want and blah, blah, blah. Okay. And that's great. And maybe you'll get that. I mean, it's not impossible, but if that's the only thing that you're going after, are you then totally negating the, you know, the possibility of meeting that one person who may not fit your exact mold, but their personality is exactly what you need. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a great idea for a reality show. We will put these people in pods (laughs) and have them speak through a wall, never having seen each other and get to know each other and then come out of the pods and see if they're still into each other. There's actually, I know it's called love is blind. Yeah, I know (laughs) it just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't doesn't. work. Yeah. And I, I mean, they even have the, uh, love Island. It's that's, that's even more so just like, yeah. Who's hot. Who's hot. Who's hot. Oh, new hottie came on. Uh, I'm more connected to this, this hottie, this hottie got old. I need this hottie. It's brand new. You know? Yeah. I have no idea why, but we love watching that one. I call it whore Island. It's, it is just absolutely superficial, 100%. But yes, oh, yeah. it, is, it is enjoyable to watch the train wreck. Yeah, the little you, Amazon robot that's in the corner. It's like, ding, ding. Today, there has been an infraction of the rules. And everybody's like, ah, oh, who fucked who? Come on. Wait, you're talking about too hot to handle or too hot to... Oh, yeah, maybe it is that yeah. one. I've seen Love Island, too. Though. Too hot to handle. That's right. I haven't seen that one, but I know the premise of it. Yeah, Whore Island. Whore Island. <laughs> well, I just think that there's... the. the on the opposite side of the coin of the vetting process and spending time getting to know somebody, that would be really beautiful. If you can meet somebody that you're physically attracted to on the dating site, you meet up with them and say, Hey, I think you're attractive. And it sounds like we kind of line up on the same, you know, values and principles and what we want out of life. Like let's spend some time getting to know each other. Yeah. But then they're like, well, well, when would we get married? Like when we move in together, it's like every, these, these, women that I dealt with are already so jaded and cynical from all their bad experiences that they are looking to pigeonhole somebody as fast as humanly possible. Oh yeah. Which sends me out faster than anything because I was married for so long to a woman that, I mean, she's a great woman, but we were kind of pressured into marriage. So it wasn't like a marriage that I really felt like I chose. I chose to be in this relationship. So, I'm terrified when somebody says, you know, like, Hey, um, can I pressure you a little bit to go a little faster than you're comfortable with? I'm like, yeah. absolutely not. But that sends me the other direction. How about we just, I really like spending time with you today. Can we see how today goes? And then if we want to spend tomorrow together, we spend tomorrow together and, you know, right. it'd be really nice if that's the way it went, but it is not. And still to this day, even after eight years of experience, I think I've mastered a few things. Um, mostly I've mastered the idea that I don't know shit. 
but <laughs> that's also helped me as well, you know, because I'm not going into these things. Um, you know, you said something about uh, somebody having to be a certain height or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I would find uh, somebody on there. It seemed really nice. And then they'd say, um, well, I like to ride horses. And I was like, oh, are you a kind of a country girl? And they'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I listen to country music and I have my daddy has a ranch. And I'm like, and I would say at that point, I'd be like, well, I don't really don't think we're a good fit. I don't believe you wouldn't do the Monica Lewinsky voice. I could, I could do it. I could do it. But I'm not going to do it right now. You're going to have to wait for that one. You're going to put my speaker under the desk. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Bill. I'm just kidding. See, what everything that you're talking about, though, it requires people to be fucking honest and to be open and vulnerable. And that's not easy to do when you're putting out a blurb of 500 words or whatever on, on tick, you know, uh, Tinder. Well, I mean, actually that is pretty easy to do. People don't do it. I, it's a game, you know, it's a, it's a it game is a game and everybody is trying to get the catch. And so they're putting whatever they have to put on their thing. You know, I mean, you get all the fake pictures of, you know, uh, uh, you know, like the, the shot from above, they always have that one shot from up here or, or, or many, you know, because they're trying to hide their jowls or whatever. Dudes do it too. <laughs> trying to stretch everything out a Dude, little more that, by putting the camera up here. That bass out in front of me, it hides a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the guy that, uh, you know, takes a picture with no shirt on picking up some heavy thing <laughs> yeah. just to make himself, you know, oh, yeah. which I've heard as actually a really good way to get, hits on your thing to you get hits on your thing <laughs> or uh, you find your words sir <laughs> i am not about to hit profile. your thing <laughs> <laughs> well i mean if you're doing it right you're getting hits on your thing but i found yeah, out it, that the people that had the best success were the people that left mystery yeah they didn't say much in fact the yep. girls that i ended up uh leaning into more they didn't have a full profile because the ones that had a full profile those were the ones that had put a lot of time and yeah. energy into finding the perfect mate which i think they're in the wrong place doing that the wrong way to right. find the perfect mate so the ones that were like just throw up a picture you know of here or there at the mountains and that's it no profile barely could even find an age I'm like, this has got to be scam, you know? Yeah. But you find out that that person just doesn't have time. They're living. They're living out there, and they threw up a couple pictures real fast, you know, to, yep. to see if they, they could get any hits or whatever. But they're not invested to the point where they're like, okay, now I've edited this thing 30 times. So I do it one more time. I know Mr. Wright's going to read this. Right. Well, and that's because when they do that, they're just making themselves look desperate, which they really are. Or no, they're making themselves look clear as to what they want, which I still think is kind of the wrong avenue for that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being clear about what you want. But I think a Tinder profile, when you're getting into the nitty gritty, like, and somebody who can, who only wears, you know, blue tube socks on the third Wednesday of every month, like, okay, dude, fuck off. And also if, <laughs> if those people fell in love, they probably would compromise on a lot of the stuff that they put on there as facts about what they want. Right. Yeah. So then it kind of, it puts up a little wall. I think I'm telling you, I, be yeah. I became okay at it. <laughs> and the, the best I got at it was given less information. Yeah. I would be, I would definitely be more attracted to like a gal who put up a picture of herself leaning back in a rocking chair with Daisy Dukes and cowboy boots on. And all she said in the, in the profile was, you know, whiskey and wonder, 
whiskey and wonder. I mean, I know that's the stupidest thing anybody could ever write, My but name's seriously, Cindy. like... I'm looking for a man that brings whiskey <laughs> and wonder. <laughs> I'm not a writer. <laughs> just get out. Well, that's okay. I just read that. I'm a reader. Yeah, that's obvious. But yeah, you know, something like that where they're not spending a year writing out their entire list of demands. Right. <laughs> How about just uh, hire a, a photographer negotiation and say, I'm going... or are you trying to find a date? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> uh, it is, speaking of terrorists, does that come from the same Latin root of terror? Terror? Terror. Because <laughs> that was uh, what Tinder was. Yeah. Terror. Tinder, yeah. terror. Pretty close. Yeah, dude, the dating scene is terrible, in my opinion. In this day and age, it's not that great. I will say I have had the same amount of bad luck uh, organically as I have online. Mm. Same. In fact, there was a gal at the beach, and I was like, oh, she's kind of cute. And I had a couple kids. I had my kids with me at the beach, and I was trying to get up the courage to go talk to her, but we had to go. And so the kids all start running back towards the car, and I'm like, kids, stop. I can't go until I get this girl's phone number. <laughs> and they're like, well, hurry up, dad. Jesus, we got to go. You know, I got to be at wherever volleyball practice. Your kids aren't little anymore. So you no. can't walk over there with a stroller. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're so cute. I mean, I could put my 12 year old in a stroller. It might make me look, you know, needy, <laughs> needy not desperate. Well, both that might make me look needy and desperate. Uh, yeah, though. I think that would be the same as a woman with a eight year old that still breastfeeds. It just, it's, it would look weird. What about a 42 year old that breastfeeds? Well, I think that might be okay. Why is it okay? <laughs> when does it become okay? When is it not okay? And when does it become okay again? It depends on how much money and whether or not a camera's involved, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is not my job. Not my job, but I do have a camera and I do have whiskey and wonder. Have you seen that? There's like that whole uh, scene of adult babies, like, like dudes whose fetish is, uh, Literally putting on a diaper and a bonnet and being treated like a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. Not one bit. I just watched some crazy-ass show where the, the... Yeah, what was that? The guy and the girl go in the back room and they're about to get hot and heavy, but then he, like, jumps in her arms and he's like, I just pooped my pants. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I saw... It. it wasn't like a documentary, but it was some kind of some kind of show that was about weird fetishes and that that was one of them that came up and it, it was this gal who like she runs um i mean it, it's not like a like a whorehouse right but she does this out of her home and she dresses like some like 1950s housewife and you could call it like a sanctuary for for men who have this this fetish or fantasy or whatever it is and so and and they're all regulars there's guys from the area that like know her and they come over to her house like, you know, once, twice a week or something. And that's what they do. They show up and they take off all their clothes and put on a diaper and they like hang out. And she treats them as if they're little babies. Like she has like one guy, she puts him in this giant crib and like he just hangs out and watches TV at her house, like dressed as a baby. And then there's another guy who uh, she she literally like walks him over and puts him in this playpen with um like a, a one of those pacifiers. Am I in the Twilight Zone right now? I fuck. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Why have you been to one of these places? No. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm tripping <laughs> out. Like, is this a real thing? It's a real fucking thing, dude. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it either. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm like scared to fart in front of a girl, let alone <laughs> ever change my pants. <laughs> I've come more as I get older to where I probably would fart in front of a girl just to see how she Can you she'd not react. say I've come more <laughs> older? <laughs> I t- I, I was trying to piece that together. So what have you, what, what have you come to as you got older? I feel like you cut out some words. <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've come to the point where I probably would fart in front of a girl. Maybe not first date, but second date. Second date. Second date, I think. Just to get it out of the way and just to see how she reacts. What date do you lock the windows? What date do I lock the windows? In the car. In the car? Uh, <laughs> that's third fourth day yeah somewhere in there yeah <laughs> if you don't pass out you're my girl <laughs> oh okay now i get it it's like lock the windows oh no, you fart and lock the windows uh yeah probably fifth date <laughs> i don't want to be rude <laughs> not a dick <laughs> <laughs> well she's not sleeping with you i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> well no you have to wait till like the second or third time you sleep together before you give her the dutch oven the Dutch oven. Yeah. It's the Dutch oven. It's where you fart oh, and you under pull the, the sheets over. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shit, I haven't done that. I can't do it. I you know, I'm I'm short, I'm bald, and I'm poor. <laughs> so I don't have the luxuries of Dutch ovening any woman. I have to be on my best behavior at all times. Yeah. You don't have enough to offer to keep her around for a Dutch oven? Exactly. <laughs> I've got to mind my P's and Q's. Yeah, I've never done that either. I don't think I have. Maybe once to an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I know. I called up my buddy and him and his wife were having fart wars in bed. And I thought that was interesting. But that's where I left it. I thought that was interesting. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, that is interesting, though, because to me, that says two people that are completely comfortable with each other and maybe overly so. But like, you know, it's vulnerability and, and to be able to just be who you are and to be like, eh, whatever, it's a fart, who cares, you know? So you could say, and I've been in a year-long relationship, and we still try, right? I still make sure that before she comes over, I'm somewhat decent-looking. I make right. sure I'm somewhat decently smelling, you know? So is that me not being myself, or is that... Because I, no. I, get, I get nervous about the point at which you just stop doing those things because you're so comfortable. Right. Like, I, don't, I actually would rather be in sweatpants right now and no, I wouldn't go put on cologne or deodorant right now. I would just keep watching my show or do whatever. So like if I'm really being myself, I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. Right. And and that's why I say, uh, you know, comfortable almost to a fault, maybe. Because, yeah, there there is a point where, and I think it depends on the people. You know, like it depends on what you consider to be considerate of, of you know, of your partner. So if, if you have a wife that doesn't, like being farted on and having the covers pulled over her head. Well, okay, then don't do that. You know, just because you're okay with it and you're comfortable. Doesn't do you, do you mean think that, that that's endearing it. to some women or men? Like, yeah. Oh, they just are so comfortable around me. I love them more. Now I want to tear yeah. them up. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I have not had that. If there's guys out there who <laughs> like being dressed in a diaper and sucking on a bottle full of gin, then I'm sure that, you know, there's uh, women who don't care about being farted on. Well, we can just take it to the uh, the word of the day, which is my favorite word, which is authenticity. And that is the most attractive trait on anybody. Yeah, for sure. 
So if that means that you have to let it go to feel better about yourself because you're not actually in pain and you're just being genuine around this person and they feel more endeared to you, then bravo. (laughs) I personally, I also like my partner to put in a little effort for me. I figure it's kind of like buying flowers. I mean, if, if I don't have a partner, I'm not buying flowers. So if I have a partner, I might be buying flowers to say, hey, I thought about you and did an extra thing for you today. I th- I think for me, that's wearing, sometimes I will put on jeans when the day is over. We're not going on a date or anything, but before she comes over, I might like put on jeans if I've showered or something. Right. Which seems preposterous because if she wasn't coming over, I would be in my pajama pants or nothing. You know, I mean, not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my couch is sanitary. <laughs> I promise. Just put plastic down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think everything's working so far. Yeah, these guys, uh, winery dogs. So their bassist is from. You remember that '80s band, Mr. Big? Yeah, they were one-hit wonder, right? I think so. Yeah. No. I'm I, I don't know. The only song that I ever heard was uh, "I'm the One yeah, Who one-hit wonder. Wants to yeah. Be." That's the only yeah. one I know. Yeah, so that's their bass player. And then, like I was saying, their lead singer sounds like Chris Cornell. But, I mean, their music is its pretty good. How did you have it before? You had this. <laughs> Whatever works for you, man. You had it, like, set perfectly. <laughs> yeah, copyright laws for playing this too fucking long. Oh, really? Are you trying to use it for your intro? No. No, I was just playing it because it came on after the other song that I had on when I was trying to test out all my audio stuff. Show me your intro. Where'd you get that? Oh, I actually don't have that loaded on here. I can probably find it, though. If I can find the file that it's in. Oh, yeah, I was rendering video earlier. So I have all kinds of shit open. Um, Let's see here. It is in here. Sound bites. It is. Oh, there it is. Just guys in a garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just guys in a garage. Yeah. You know this is gonna be the new intro, now, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I needed. I was actually thinking about changing it for a while, you know. But I don't know. This is actually I I got it off a website called Pixabay. And it's all royalty-free, you know, sound bites and music and stuff that's on there. It's all free? Yeah, so it's it's free use. You have to have a membership? Um, no, actually, you don't have to. And most of the stuff on there, they ask that you, you know, give credit to the artists and stuff. You don't have to. They just, whatever. Um, but they also have the licenses and everything on there. And because it, it's, it's all GPU for, you know, general public use. Oh, okay. Or GPL. Um but they have the licenses on there. So when you download something, it, it offers you, you know, oh, you can download the license in case you need it. Um, and so when I started using this, at the beginning of the show, I actually used the last half of this song. And then at the end of the show, I used the first half just because of that countdown where the guy's like, one, two, three. Yeah. So. And if you use it too long, then. No. So because it's royalty free, as far as my understanding of it is, you can, you can use whatever you want of it. Um, you know, and it's all royalty free and it, the type of license that it is, but the, with YouTube, YouTube has like this robot algorithm that can detect 
all kinds of different music and stuff, anything that they have registered with them, they can detect it. So when I started with the first episode with JJ and put it up, the first thing that came up when I uploaded it was, um, copyright, you know, restriction. And I'm like, what? So I went and I looked at it and it said, oh, well, it's not actually restricted. It just gave me a notice that it is registered with YouTube and that the owner of that song allows it to be used on YouTube. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Am I good or, but it does say that if you try to monetize your channel, that it could cause problems for you. So I don't Uh, know. Everybody wants their cut. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I get it. Sure. I'm trying to think of what I was trying to use recently and they were, um, oh, it was just stock images. And there were certain like royalty-free stock images that if you use them for advertising or whatever, you have to include a, like a credit on your website, yeah, like on your splash page or whatever. I, I wouldn't even know how to do that anyway. So like, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm just not going to use it. I, I, I literally don't know how to add it into, I mean, you have to know coding or, or have yeah. a web guy that you can hit up to say, how do we add this? Yeah, you need a Link. dude like a like an Adam. Yeah, does he do all that? Oh, wait, he's a yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, a website designer. Guy, right? Oh yeah, no, I no, he I thought he was, but no, he does. Um, so he's a freelance uh, website designer and coder, and uh, I mean that's what he wait, does. You already have his recorded and published. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even listen to it. Yeah, I want to hear it. And he was like episode eight, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he was episode eight. He came in just before Chad. Yeah. All right, I'm behind. I'll have some <clears> listening time. Yeah, he uh, he came in and he was talking about being in the military and growing up in California, and he was actually in politics for a while. Like he was, uh, oh, what was it? Some it was either a county board or a city or something, and just talking about all the bullshit with politics and having to you know grease palms and all that. Talking about ballot stuffing for class president when he was in high school. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I watched House of Cards a little bit. House of Cards. Yeah, I think I've only watched a little bit. I think I've only watched like the first couple episodes or something. I've heard it's kind of slow starting out, but if you stick with it, it starts getting really, really good. And I'm a Kevin Spacey fan, so I should probably get into it. It's just how realistic is the backhanded, all the lies, the twists. And I mean, how truthful is that about our political system? I would imagine probably pretty truthful. (laughs) Because everything is a cover up. Everything is they're trying to push through an agenda and to push through that agenda, they accidentally come across this person that finds out that they're using this X, Y, or Z to push the agenda. So they got off them, you know, yeah. then they got to bury that lie. And then they, I mean, it just is like us. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Everybody's full of shit. Yeah. But that was, that was one of the great things about Clinton, Bill, not Hillary Clinton. You know, he, he was full of shit, but he was almost kind of just in your face open about it. Like, yeah, I'm a liar and I'm full of shit. <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Do his voice. Oh boy. <laughs> I need my dick suck before three thirty. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was gonna try to do Monica, but I don't know where this is gonna go audio wise. I... Anywhere you want, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm it's only audio. <laughs> it's only audio. It's only audio. What do you got going over there? Oh yeah. That's if you start recording. Uh yeah. Eventually, um I like to try and get some pictures and stuff just for Facebook posts. And oh crap, yeah, but... yeah. That makes sense eventually I'm still on the fence about whether or not I actually want to do video or not because it, it just seems like it, it requires a lot more effort than I have the time and ability to put in at the moment. I mean, this is almost like a second job already, you know, because I, I edit every single episode. 
And it's not, it's not like I do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. I just, but if you're cutting anything, yeah, you're cutting that too. Right. And video, anytime you cut something, right. Because you've got people moving around and you now have a visual thing that you have to try and put together. So, I mean, editing video for me is pretty much out of the question. Well, that's so that's why they do the clap. Yeah. For so, aligning your audio. Yeah, the, yep. Yeah. yeah. When you do your clap at the beginning. Because okay. as long as you're cutting the audio and the video at the same time, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. I just, I think I would end up with like a, you know, if you're cutting through a conversation, because my, my main thing is to just cut like silences and stuff, or, you know, cause when you're sitting talking and maybe you're talking faster than your brain is working and then you stop or, or the words, um, and, uh, and stuff like that. I try to cut those things out. I just, just bug me. I don't know why. And it's mostly me saying it. <laughs> so do you think for advertising this, you don't need video? Cause I'm seeing all of the podcasts I listen to. They have little video clips on reels and TikTok. Yeah. And that's something and I might just get a into. close up. So they'll do like maybe a wide shot of the two guys talking. Yeah. But then clearly for the reel, they just zoom into the 16, nine of the person saying the super motivational go coast. Yeah. You know, I've message. thought about, I've thought about just doing like a single cam just off to the side just to have something but mm, i don't know i'm just, like i said i'm on the fence i just i'm not there yet they like they say i think it was uh i read somewhere it was seven only 17 percent of all podcasts have video which when you think that there's like four and a half million podcasts out there now i mean that's a lot but it's not it's not that much it's only 17 percent and there's a lot out there that are completely successful without video so have you heard of crime junkies no I do I like listen crime. to it all the way to Montana and I can't remember who the girl is, the host, but she sounds just like Mila Kunis. Oh, nice. But, uh, she said now she has grown so big. She's like no, top three podcasts listened to in the world, Damn, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. And, but she, she was saying, um, <laughs> like, uh, oh, she was saying she's going on tour to do like these live. Oh yeah. Live streams. Storytelling. No, no. She, I mean, she, I think she goes and has, has an audience. Okay. And takes them through this like crime as kind of like a storyteller and brings it live to them. I don't know. That's how she, badass. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That'd but. be like one of those, uh, you know, murder mystery yeah. type of like yeah. parties that you go to be kind of like that. Only you're just sitting and hearing a story. That'd be rad. No, there's, um, if I can find it, there's one that Ooh, you need, a, you need a muffler for that. I know. Right. Like, yeah. I need to get some kind of like a table cover that works better than this uh, little tablecloth thing. Um, yeah, I don't know where it is. There's one, uh, and it's, it's all about like crime in the eighties and it mostly centers around like Florida and Miami and stuff like that. But that one's actually pretty good. You don't know what it's called? I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I don't remember if it's in Spotify or if it is in, um, Stitcher. I, I listen to so many damn podcasts. It's insane. Do you know of any other, it's probably in Stitcher crime documentary slash fictional movie like Dahmer anything that can rival that one because that one was so good so uh, well done we're like looking all over the place to find one I uh, just watched the Ted Bundy one and it was terrible yeah no not, not a series evil. there's there's one that I saw just I mean it was a few months ago and it was about um that hotel down in um it's it's in LA and it's down where all like the homeless people hang out Skid Row it's it's right in Skid Row and mm -hmm. it's and it's a hotel and that's where uh, Richard Ramirez lived at like the serial killer guy. He lived there for a long time and it's just like a haven for serial killers and weirdos. And I mean, you name it, it they fucking live there and it's, it's horrible. I don't know why anybody would say there's there. a documentary on it. 
it's kind of a documentary, but it's about one specific thing that happened there. And so it was this, uh, this little Asian gal, she like, they, they had all these different videos of her, um, on security camera the night that she went missing. And like one of them is she's in the elevator and like she pokes her head around the corner and she looks into the elevator and she's looking all around and then like she's waving her hand in between the doors and then the doors close and then they all of a sudden they open again and she pokes her head in and she's looking in again and you're looking at the security cam footage like what the fuck is this chick doing and then she jumps to the other side in front of the doors and she's looking in again and then she gets in the elevator and the doors close and she's just standing there but then they open again and she's like what the fuck and she looks out and there's nothing there but then it looks like something scared her and she pokes back around the corner by the controls and she's like waiting and the doors aren't closing and then she goes back out and then you never see her again so this chick disappeared for weeks nobody could find her all of her stuff was still in her room they had no idea what happened to her it, it there was no signs of like a struggle or you know like she crawled out the window or something nothing and then um a few weeks go by and like all the water in the hotel started smelling funky and ha started getting this nasty color and shit to it and it was like turning brown and it's disgusting and so somebody they have these like water tower collection things on the roof so one of the maintenance guys goes up there pulls open the hatch finds and and the hatch i think was locked and that the chick is inside f like floating in this tank. Yum. And they have no idea how she got there. They don't know who like threw her in there or if she somehow managed to get herself. How much, in. how much time it lapsed? Just a few weeks. Yeah. It's a few weeks. Yeah. It's, it's kind of creepy. It's a pretty good one. So maybe what we're missing from that footage is the uh, ghost that actually put her in the hatch. Yeah. Could be. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. gotta be some demonic, horrific things <laughs> going on in there. Has to be. Do you believe in ghosts? I've, I've wanted to so bad. I've wanted to experience one. I used to uh, have this studio space that I'd work at till like midnight. And it was this old 1908 building with a boiler downstairs that would like knock. And, you know, it was they, yeah. people said it was haunted. So I was always like, oh, maybe tonight's the night I'm going to have an experience in this building. And I only had one experience. And I, I really I don't know if I'm, I got some blockage going on. But no, I have not ever seen a ghost. <laughs> but I came out of my studio door and nobody else was in the building. And it had to have been around midnight, but there was a camcorder just sitting on the floor, like in the hallway by itself. So of course I yeah, had that's to, creepy as shit. Yeah. That's like jigsaw. <laughs> you want to play a game. <laughs> I didn't know what I'd find. I, I pushed play on this thing. I grabbed it, you know, flipped out the screen and I pushed play and it was actually just some cock shot. <laughs> some dude's balls <laughs> that would have been uh much simpler than what i found but no it was like this uh, spiritual leader lady speaking to a group and i didn't listen very long because i was like i'm playing through somebody else's camcorder so it felt a little you was know, it suspect. on the floor in the middle of a pentagram or <laughs> no <laughs> nope that, there was nothing else that Jesus. i could say was interesting about this other than somebody put their damn camcorder on the middle of the hallway <laughs> and that's pretty weird anyway and i thought maybe weird. they left it there for me to see this message maybe there's something i needed to hear yeah, of course yeah. i wasn't going to so just in case there were subliminal mind tricks going on or something yeah yeah i totally would have thought like you turn it on and it's some guy's ass or something <laughs> and then and then your best friend like pokes his head around the corner i got you good you fucker <laughs> <laughs> no that would be very nice and playful but my, mine was a little terrifying <laughs> at the time yeah my, my kid believes in ghosts she's way into that at one point she wanted to buy all the gear to go ghost hunting and all that stuff and we're like yeah do you get a job you can buy whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, I never really have had another experience either. I can't say that I don't, but I don't know that I really do. If that makes any sense. I, I don't know. When we were growing up, we, uh, my mom bought this house over in Osborne. That was, I mean, it was pretty old is definitely a fixer upper. I mean, we gutted the entire thing down to the studs. I mean, it, it had no walls, nothing by the time we were done, like gutting it out and, uh, pretty much rebuilt the entire thing from the sticks up. And the people that lived in it were, I'm pretty sure they had died in it. And my mom used to say that there is like the ghost of this old man that lived there. And for some reason he liked to grab onto the back of your shirt while you're walking through the kitchen, which I thought was weird, but I've felt it a couple of times. And I don't know if maybe, you know, once you, it's one of those things where you manifest what you're afraid of or what you're thinking of. Right. So I had several experiences of walking through the kitchen where it felt like someone grabbed the back of my shirt and was yanking on it. And you turn around and there's nobody there. And you're like, what the fuck? I think your brain could send yeah. neurons down through the nerves, you know, and hit the middle of your back and make you feel that. Just, yeah. I mean, it's like when you get scared and your hairs stand up and I mean, your, right. your brain can tell you. And even if there's nothing scary around, your brain can do tricks. Yeah. If somebody had told me that story, I'd probably feel a little tug here and there too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the whole ghost thing. Did you ever see the, that Ghost Hunters show? You ever watch that? No. You ever watch no. that? What about uh, Paranormal Activity? I watched Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Me and my mom me too. watched that. So there was things like, you know, yeah, Robert guy Stack. opens up a fridge and the egg flies across the room. and Yeah. Those were some <laughs> of the best ones. They were awesome. Yeah, the paranormal ones were good. Yeah, I used to watch that. And uh, what was that other show? Sightings. That was all about I aliens. You never saw that one? Oh, that was great. That was all about aliens and stuff. And that one had some of the best stories. That show, actually, several episodes of that kept me up at night when I was a kid. And I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't watch this, but I couldn't not watch it. I doubt there's going to be anything. But ignorance is bliss. And I have just been ignorant my entire life, I guess. I doubt there's going to be anything of it on, like, YouTube. Yep, UFOs. Oh, you look at that. That's an actual episode. 1992. 92. Holy crap. Now I feel old. The program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. The viewer is invited to make a judgment based on all available information. <laughs> Tonight on sighting, we are not going to say whether any of this is real or not. Make up your mind. That's kind of like the making a murderer thing. Mm -hmm. Well, here's all the information. What do you think? Do you think he fucking killed him? We don't know. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I accepted the unsolved mysteries because it left me feeling kind of unsettled and that was an exciting feeling at the time now that i'm older i'm like i want answers yeah my favorite part of unsolved mysteries actually was when they started doing the updates when like they actually caught people oh they were, i don't remember that you don't remember that mm -mm. yeah uh man it's probably like mid 90s late 90s where they actually started catching people or finding bodies and stuff and so they would they would play the episode and then it'd be like update and they would do a whole thing about how they finally figured out that, you know, Jose Sanchez, you know, they caught him in Alabama after he killed some lady in Nebraska and blah, blah, blah. Wow. So, oh, shit. They actually found him because people would call in, you know, and give tips and whatnot. So, yeah, eventually they started doing the, the updates. And that was great because you're, you're like, oh, closure. Thank you. <laughs> There's not some psycho out there. must have ran into some people and saw something they shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not just the We'll never mysteries. find those people. Yeah, it's a shitty one, but... Yeah, sightings, th there were some of these episodes where just the the way they tell the story 
of um, seeing the aliens. Can your mics pick up your dog? Probably a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she's whining outside the door. She wants to come in and play with you more. <laughs> I'll probably have to go out and give her a picture at some point. She's a little obsessive. She is. She's very obsessive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it can hear that or not. <laughs> can you play it back? Or do you have to just keep it going? Yeah, we just have to keep going. Look at that. Forgot to hit that button. Oh, well. What do you mean you forgot to hit that button? Well, I got that going, but not that one. Hey, I'm still learning, man. It's all brand new <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was just listening to uh, uh, Burt Kreischer on Joe Rogan's podcast earlier today, and he was talking about how he sucks at math, and he was tell, telling this joke about in math class in like high school you know, we're talking about like back in the eighties and the teacher was all like, Oh, what are you just going to walk around with a calculator in your pocket all the time? You need to learn this stupid shit. And he's like, yeah, I literally carry a calculator around in my pocket all fucking day. Why do I need to know any of this now? <laughs> it's true. I got Google and yeah. a calculator. All right. Yeah. We all have a calculator in our pocket at all times now. So uh, this is off topic, but when, when you're trying to say like, mm, trying to think of a symbol symbol on your phone that you i have to say like degrees hmm. where do you find the degrees symbol because i have to just say hey siri it was 24 degrees or i have to say um you know voice text or something say 24 degrees but i don't actually know where the degrees symbol is in the phone or on the keyboard i'm pretty sure on the keyboard there should be a button you can hit That'd that nice. gives you symbols yeah there is but yeah i don't know if the degree one is in mm-hmm. there I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I've so ever So I'm seen like it. so reliant on Siri helping me out and voice text. Oh, yeah, I got one. Really? Yeah. So I hit the symbols key, and then there's another button that looks like it says one half, but it's mm-hmm. one of two. So there's two pages of oh. symbols. And on the second page, there's a little, there's one that's the degree symbol. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah, you should see if uh, Siri's got that shit. I don't know what, what iPhone's got going for it. Yeah, look at that, 44 degrees. God, phones are so crazy. There's so much stuff on these. I have a missed call from you at 3.55. Yeah, you do. Camera, oh, I was in here fucking with all the audio shit, trying to make sure this all worked. And my phone is on vibrate, when has been for like two years. I don't have it. You don't have it in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to get an Android then. You should throw that shit in the garbage. I just say voice tech, 24 degrees. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm actually toying with the idea of going iPhone. Somebody just texted me. So the Miso Party starts with the population of the greater Boston area of Guadalajara, Mexico. And by the end, it's only the population of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Somebody just texted you that? Yeah, like it's a like excerpt from, a, from a, a text from like a book. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have, a, you have any uh, stuff you want to share? Poetry? Poetry. Yeah. I've got poetry. I dig the shit you write, man. <laughs> have, I, have I read you some poetry? Yeah, a couple times. Oh, wow. Yeah, you shared a couple things at Men's Group. Don't feel like you have to. That was, have a, to that was a while to. ago. Yeah. We'll see what I have. Yeah, I just, you know, we were joking earlier. I'm not a writer, but it's, it's the stuff that you write, man, it's usually just deep. This is, I don't know where this line came from. It could Somebody could have told it to me and I wrote it in my notes. I could have thought it or I could have read it on 
Pinterest. I don't know, but it so says. it might be original or you're a plagiarizing <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I just liked it and read it somewhere. It says, to fuck around is human. To find out is divine. Hmm. Fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. I like it. What are you, uh, what are you listening to these days, music-wise? Uh, I'm, I'm on to uh, Americana, folk. Americana? Tyler Childers. Uh, oh, yeah. Zach Bryan. I love Tyler Childers. I've actually been... Um, even, uh, even Luke Combs. It's a little more country, but uh, going, going, gone, I'm learning right now. Yeah, Luke Combs is awesome. I learned how to... So I learned to sing... Uh, oh, God damn it. What song is it? Dude, I swear, my brain these days is just Swiss cheese, and I have no idea why. And I think it's probably because I've put so much effort so long into my job that like that's all my brain will handle now you know mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and so now when i try to fill it full of other shit it just won't stay in there it just falls out it's because for some reason we have this like prior internal priority yeah and it shoves out all the stuff that it knows will not help us survive or right. you know keep living yes which is also survive i just decided but that it's word differently. it's so fucking annoying though because when i try to remember stuff now that and, and I used to have a really good memory, like really good. I have to take a, a moment and then uh, tell somebody about it mm. and then write about it and then read it aloud. <laughs> and then it's, yeah. and then it's stuck, but I cannot, I mean, I get shamed all the time by my girlfriend. She's like, don't you remember when, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> and you were wearing that? And I was like, nah, I don't, you know, Yeah, I don't remember. Anything. I'm sure we had a great time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Mine though is any, any more these days. I can't remember shit. I try, but I just don't. Every every once in a while, you've retained too much already. Probably, I've filled it up with a bunch of useless shit that I don't really need. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, beautiful, beautiful, crazy. That's a great Luke Combs song. My favorite Luke Combs performance is um, Outlaw uh, Live. Outlaw, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, the kind of love we make. I learned how to sing that one at karaoke. I knew that one pretty good outlaw man i can't remember Just that song either i know i've heard it do outlaw acoustic outlaw acoustic kiosk that's the one all right there a lot light one a lot can i get an outlaw yeah can't can i get one <clears throat> okay i have heard this Dude, this is what introduced me to Luke Combs, this video. Have you ever heard his story? Mm -mm. He, Back in the day, it was a six gun and a six string. Yeah, yeah such a great voice. <laughs> he, uh, he did a podcast uh, with a guy. I can't, I can't remember his name. Damn it, I can't remember anything. It'll come to me. Um, but he talks about how when he was first starting, he went to, I think it was BMI music, because um, he, he lived near them. And he went in there several times and pitched them just different songs that he had wrote. And so he went to college, and originally he was going to college for, I can't remember what he went for originally, but he ended up changing his major to uh, criminal justice at one point, because he decided just halfway through school that, you know what, I kind of want to be a, a criminal investigator. So, so he changed his major and then that didn't work out because he just got 
bored of it or just decided he didn't like it or whatever but that whole time he was writing songs so his whole first album is all the songs that he originally wrote in college and he went to bmi several times to to pitch his songs and he played a couple for him and every time they were like oh, you're, you're not really that good sorry and and the cool thing about about luke combs he's such a fucking cool dude like he doesn't let any of that bother him he doesn't hold grudges or any of that he's not like ah fuck those guys he's like eh, you know they saw probably hundreds of young dumb kids like me a day trying to become something it's hard to say who the next big thing is going to be so i mean you got to say no to a lot of people who could potentially be very great yeah so he doesn't hold it against him whatsoever and he does went, he have a documentary i don't know if he has a documentary but he's been on several podcasts where he talks about his whole pretty much his whole life story um and a lot of it is some of it's pretty funny um but he so he did that he actually went on american idol and auditioned for it he was either american idol or america's got talent whichever one has a a uh, Gwen Stefani and the voice. Yeah. So he was, he, so he went, voice? I think so. Yeah. So he went and auditioned for them and he made it all the way up until the point where he would have been on the show. And then he got cut. And the reason he got cut literally was that he didn't have a sob story is, is how he describes it. He didn't have an, Oh, my daddy's got cancer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah. You know, didn't have any of that. He was just like, no, I'm just a dude that's trying to, you know, make his way in the music biz and they were like well that's boring fuck off so he got a letter before he ever got to be on the show from the production company saying oh yep sorry you're not you're not cool enough and uh so he actually met uh god what is his fucking name gwen stefani's husband blake shelton blake shelton so he later on now that he's famous he ran into blake shelton and blake didn't remember him nothing he was like, he was like, yeah, remember me? I was on The Voice, you know, we talked several times, blah, blah, blah. And Blake's like, no, no, sorry, I had nothing. And he's like, nah, don't sweat it. I wouldn't remember me either. You see a lot of faces. Don't worry about it. And now he is literally breaking country charts and, and sales records. And he's only been doing this for about 10 years. Wow. It's insane. His story is crazy. How old is he? Uh, he's about, he's about my age, I think 30 something, maybe let's Google it. We got Google right here. I have to go home and make my kids dinner. Do you? Mm -hmm. That's probably a good idea. I haven't been home today. Oh, that's right. You had a bunch of appointments before this. How old is Luke Combs? I don't care about Luke Combs wife. How old is Luke Combs? Oh, 32. 32. Wow. Yeah. So he's been doing it. Just since after college. Okay. The story that he tells from uh, just after. his net worth. Where does it say that? Down below. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his net worth. It's probably pretty big. He met his wife when he was doing one of the auditions at BMI. She used to work there. She oh, wow. was She was an office staffer. 32 years old. Born in 1990. Damn kids. There you go. Approximately 5 million, according to the interwebs. Oh, that's just cash though that's that's not his well, yeah that's not holdings and assets and everything else but yeah i mean five million in 10 years approximately that's not bad yeah and it's a lot harder to make money as a musician nowadays it's, well yeah there's so many fucking people music. doing it yeah it's streaming everywhere. yeah it's nutty dude i mean i i haven't looked to see what they what the tier is for spotify 
or Apple Music that once you reach a certain amount of listeners, they pay you X amount of dollars. But I'm not sure what that tier is. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm still working on trying to get ads on there. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming in. This was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) I really enjoyed myself. I feel a little wiser now. A little bit wiser? I don't know about a little bit wiser, but this is definitely a lot of fun, dude. (laughs) I'm glad you you came in. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to come back, dude, I'd be more than happy to have you. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow? All right, cool. (laughs) Maybe not tomorrow. You should have one episode (laughs) on just dating mishaps. Dating mishaps? Actually, yeah. That would be a good one. It'd have to be like a, you know, private code you have to punch in to get into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, we could start, I could start doing like secret episodes or something where like, you know, people have to like pay to play, you know, subscribe. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't done any of the subscriptions and stuff yet. Cause I just don't know how I feel about making people pay to hear my shit. Yeah. But, no. And you're just, you're trying to have fun with it yeah. and get your voice out there. I am though. Um, I am going to do a special episode that I'm just going to put out there. That's uh, it's going to be called 26 minutes and it's all about the statistics. This is just keep going. <laughs> this, <laughs> I, I have no idea what you just showed me. I, I typed in guys in the garage. I got guys. We <laughs> guys. We fucked. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's all about the statistics of listenership mm-hmm. and, uh, like when you start to lose people on a podcast, it's it's very interesting to me. And while I, I kind of understand it, it just kind of irritates me how they not necessarily push, but they try to say that you should do things a certain way if you want to get anywhere and stuff like that. You know, it, it's the same with all the platforms. Exactly. It, it's same with every, everything that has ever been, whether it's television or whatever, you know, you have, they, they want people to fit into a box in order to be popular. And yeah. so this whole episode that I'm going to do, it's going to be about not fitting into a box. I, f- I find it interesting. I don't I've know if anybody spent else. the last eight years trying to get into a box. <laughs> <laughs> And now you're trying to get out. Many boxes. (laughs) Uh, All right. Brady Campbell, thanks again for coming in. Uh, Everybody, thanks everybody for listening. And Brady, I will see you again definitely another time. Thanks, buddy. Cut. Cut. Skinny Love, that was one of the first songs I ever did. Skinny Love, is that Maroon 5? No, that's uh, Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Oh yeah, I would never, bon never have guessed that. Come on, Skinny Love, just last a year. For a little song, we were never here. My, 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 Staring at the scene of blood and crust veneer. Tell my love to wreck it all. Cut out all the ropes and let me fall. My, my, my. Bye.
mamma mine Right in the moment is sort of strong Yeah, that song was one of the first. I don't remember the... V oh, yeah. The very first song I ever did. This is the very, very first song. was uh, All I Want by Codaline. The very first song that you ever... Like, ever performed learned in front of perform people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The very first song. Jeez. I can't even remember what the first song was that I like learned on a guitar and then played the whole thing through to like people. Well, I thought about this for five years straight <laughs> and I took my name off very karaoke list, every open mic list. I would put it on there and I'd be like, no, I would uh, put my name on a list, go take a uh, tequila shot, come back in. Mm. No, Liquid courage. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't, it's not liquid courage for me because <laughs> I, I needed to be like, Right before drunk, because drunk I forget all the lyrics. Yeah. Right before drunk. <laughs> okay. The sweet spot. All I want. Oh my god. All I want is nothing more to hear you knocking at my door. Cause if I song it's a good song man. i have this whole list of old songs i need to learn new stuff really badly you're the reason i'm a traveling on yeah this is a song that i want to learn next right. i don't know that i could probably not do the picking part of it though so nope that's gonna be that tough. sounds awful <laughs> i mean it sounds amazing but yeah. i couldn't do it either yeah um hold on let me look up I love that. Um, one old song. Billy Strings. So he did a version of this that's fucking fantastic. And that was the first time I heard this song. Even though I've listened to tons of Bob Dylan, somehow I never hit this song. I don't know why. But his version of it. Billy Strings. Oh my God, what the hell was the name of the song we were just listening to? Uh, oh yeah, don't think twice 
Yeah, so his version of it is really good. Oh, sounds like the wife's home. We'll have to wrap this up here pretty quick. This kid, though, can pick like a son of a bitch. What I love about watching musicians like him, his eyes are closed the entire time, and he doesn't miss one note. This kid has been playing since the day he was born. Yeah, you know what I look at when I see that? Yeah. I look at an introvert. Oh, yeah, for sure. Somebody that spends a lot of time alone. Right. But but what's, what's so fascinating to me is that people like him, he's not even playing an instrument. Him and that and that guitar are one, and he feels every note. He's not thinking about it. There's a, there's a, a big... He's a blues player, younger guy. I think he's in his 20s or 30s. If I watch now. this too long, I will stop playing guitar altogether. I will. <laughs> so this this guy, his name is, uh, I think it's Crawfish something or, or uh, Billy Crawfish Bone or something. I don't know. I don't know. He's a, he's a big black dude from down south. And that guy, he does a version of All Along the Watchtower that is fucking phenomenal. And he's the same way. He doesn't look at anything he's doing. He's got his eyes closed the whole time. And when he's playing a guitar, it's like watching Stevie Wonder play a piano. Like just his head movements and every note that he hits, like he's got his mouth open. He's like, he just feels every note. He's not even playing it. Did you watch American Idol with that guy that won it last year? Uh, I don't think Alejandro. So. No. Type in uh, Alejandro audition. If I could spell right. American Idol. Yeah. Alejandro. I've never Is seen that the first one. Alejandro yeah. Aranda. 4.3. Yeah. The first one. Or the second. That one's 4.3 million. So that's got to be. What's up? What's up, homies? <laughs> How's everything? Super nervous about singing, so I would uh, really. Everybody says that. I'm so nervous. I, you know, I don't know if I'm any good. Hold me closer to your fantasy. I can try to be the one. Oh, yeah. Loving me. I'm feeling Yeah, how the fuck do people play like that? And sing. Like the way that guy's fingers are moving. That'd be like me trying to flip bacon while jerking off and paying attention to a good movie and Ow. talk to somebody oh. all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible idea. 